Welcome to Zichud Davsi Manmei Rabbi Avram Golder, and today we're in Sukkah the second parak Hayashin Tachazimita. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the next mission states Shuche Mitzvah Petirim Sukkah. Those on a mission to do a mitzvah are putter from the mitzvah of Sukkah. Rashi brings the examples of one who's traveling in order to Torah, greet his Rebbe, or to redeem Jewish captives. The Gemara asks for the source of this principle and brings a brace regarding Kriyashma that states Vishivdachavvesecha during your sitting in your home. This excludes one who's occupied with doing a different mitzvah, who's part of Kriyashma. And during your going on the way, this excludes a chasen who's preoccupied with the thought pertaining to his performance of a mitzvah. The Bryson teaches this applies specifically to one marrying a basula. Now the Gemara asks how the Pasuk implies that a osik b'mitzvah patamina sukkah. And Ravuna said the Pasuk obligates one to recite Shema when sitting or going, only when these activities are kderech, are comparable to the way. Just as one takes it away for discretionary purposes, so to all situations mentioned in the Pasuk refer to those involved in a discretionary act, a rishus, which comes to exclude this person involved in a mitzvah. Pointing to the word questions the need to derive from Kriyashma, since it can be learned from the Parsha Pesach Sheni. For Hosanna Bryce and Rabbi Yitzhak argued that the ones who were Tameh were those involved with the Mace Mitzvah whose seventh day after becoming Tameh fell on Erev Pesach. And they were unable to offer the Pesach on that day. This implies that they would have been able to offer it the next day since their Tahara would have been completed. So we see from here that within seven days of Pesach, the people were allowed to attend to a mace mitzvah, even though that would preclude the performance of a second, more significant mitzvah, that being the Karp Pesach. The Gemara answers that both sources are necessary. If the Torah only taught the principle from Pesach Sheni, one way I thought Mishim Matas Man the Pesach, it's permissible because the Chi of the Karm Pesach had not arrived yet when they did the mitzvah of Mace Mitzvah. But here, regarding the time of Kriyashma, when the time of the mitzvah has arrived, one could say there is no exemption. And if it had been learned from Kriyashma, one might have thought it's because there's no Sakaris for failure to perform the second mitzvah. Whereas in this case of the Pesach, when there isn't a Sakaris, one would not be butter. And pointing with you, Rabbi Barzavda said in the name of Rav, Avel chai besukkah, a mourner is chai in the mitzvah of sukkah. Now one might have thought that since Rabbi Abba Barzavda said in the name of Rav, mitzdar patim in a sukkah, one who experiences distress is patim from sukkah, so to a mourner, so Rabbi Abba Barzavda is coming to teach hanimili tsar de mamela. This applies only when the distress is inherent in the sukkah. But here, Ihu the Kamatstar Nafshe, it is he who's causing distress by dwelling on his loss. He's required to calm his mind from his grief and enable himself to perform the mitzvah of dwelling in a sukkah. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, Shulche mitzvah patrim in a sukkah. Those on a mission to do a mitzvah are putter from the mitzvah of sukkah. Rashi brings the examples of one who's traveling in order to learn Torah, agree as Rebbe, or to redeem Jewish captives. The Gemara asks for the source of this principle and brings a brisa regarding Kriyashma that states, Veshivdecha during your sitting in your home, Pratla Osikba Mitzvah. This excludes one who's occupied with doing a different mitzvah, who's Pata from Kriyashma. And during your going on the way, this excludes a chasen who is preoccupied with the thought pertaining to his performance of a mitzvah. The Brisa teaches this applies specifically to one marrying a basua. Now the Gemara asks how the Pasuk implies that Osik b'mitzvah patamina mitzvah. And Rav Huna said the Pasuk obligates one to recite Shema when sitting or going only when these activities are kederech, are comparable to the way. Ma derech of of asuk. 
Just as one takes it away for discretionary purposes, so to all situations mentioned in the Pusik refer to those involved in a discretionary act, which comes to exclude this person involved in the mitzvah. Point number two, the more questions that need to derive a osik mitzvah, patamina mitzvah, from Krishma, since it can be learned from the Parsha of Pesach Sheni. For it was taught in a bright said that Rabbi Yitzchak argued that the ones who were Tameh were those involved with the Mace mitzvah, whose seventh day after becoming Tameh fell on Ere Pesach. And they were unable to offer the Pesach on that day. This implies that they would have been able to offer it the next day since their Tahara would have been completed. So we see from here that within seven days of Pesach, the people were allowed to attend to a Mace Mitzvah, even though that would preclude the performance of a second more significant Mitzvah, that being the Karp Pesach. The more answers of both sources are necessary. If the Torah only taught the principle from Pesach Sheini, one might have thought Mishim do Matav Zman the Pesach. It's permissible because the Chiyuv the Karm Pesach had not arrived yet when they did the mitzvah, Mace Mitzvah. But here, regarding the time of Kriyishma, when the time of the mitzvah has arrived, one can say there's no exemption. And if it had been learned from Kriyishma, one might have thought it's because there's no Issacharis for failure to perform the second mitzvah, whereas in the case of the Pesach, when there is an Issacharis, one would not be Pater. And point number three, Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda said in the name of Rav, Avel chai a mourner, is chai in the mitzvah of sukkah. One might have thought that since Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda said in the name of Rav, Mitzdar patamina sukkah, one who experiences distress, is patam from sukkah, so to a mourner. Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda is coming to teach, Hanimili tzar demamewa. This implies only when the distress is inherent in the sukkah. But here, Yudukha Mitzdar nafshe, it is he who is causing distress by dwelling on his loss. He's required to calm his mind from his grief, and enable himself to perform the mitzvah of dwelling in a sukkah. All right, so now we go to Simber Daf Chav and our standard simon is a silver anniversary, a 25th anniversary. So here goes. The husband who came late to his own silver anniversary dinner on sukkahs and tried to excuse himself by claiming he was involved in another mitzvah, and then a mace mitzvah, couldn't stop feeling like a mourner as he sat alone in the sukkah the rest of the night. Once again, in slow motion. The husband who came late to his own silver anniversary dinner, silver anniversary, that must be more daf chafhei. The husband who came late to his own silver anniversary dinner on Sukkot and tried to excuse himself by claiming he was involved in another mitzvah, which reminds us that the next Mishnah states, Shulchem mitzvah between men those on a mitzvah mission are putter from the mitzvah of Sukkot. The Gemara brings the Pasuk from Kriyashma, and Ravuna said, and Ravuna said the Pasuk obligates one to recite Shema when sitting or going, only when these activities are kederach, comparable to the way. Just as one takes it away for discretionary purposes, so to all situations mentioned in the Pasuk refer to those involved in the discretionary act, which comes to exclude this person involved in the mitzvah. So the husband who came late to his own silver anniversary dinner on Sukkot and tried to excuse himself by claiming he was involved in another mitzvah, and then a mace mitzvah, which reminds me, brings another source for Osik mitzvah, Patamina mitzvah from Pesach Sheni, with those that were tummy from being Osik in the mace mitzvah, and teaches why both sources are necessary. If the Torah had only taught the principle from Pesach Sheni, one might have thought, Mishum du Matas Manchiyub at the Pesach. It's permissible because the Chi of the Garden Pesach had not arrived yet when they did the mitzvah of Mace Mitzvah. But here, regarding the time of Kriyishma, when the time of the mitzvah has arrived, one could say there's no exemption. And if it had been learned from Kriyishma, one might have thought it's because there's no Issacharis for failure to perform the second mitzvah. Whereas in the case of the Pesach, when there is an Issacharis, one would not be Pater. So the husband who came late to his own silver anniversary dinner on Sukkot and tried to excuse himself by claiming he was involved in another mitzvah, and then a mace mitzvah, couldn't stop feeling like a mourner as he sat alone in the sukkah the rest of the night. Which reminds us, Rabbi Abba Rezavda said in the name of Rav, 
Avo chayv a more is chayv in the mitzvah of sukkah. And one might thought that since Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda said in the name of Rav, Matstara patamina sukkah, one who experiences distress, is patamim sukkah, so to a mourner. So Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda is coming to teach, Hanimili tzar de mamela, this implies only when the distress is inherent in the sukkah. But here, ihu dekab matstara nafsheh, it's he who's causing distress by dwelling on his loss. Iboyu subidaiti, he's required to calm his mind from his grief and enable himself to perform the mitzvah of dwelling in a sukkah. So once again, the husband who came late to his own silver anniversary dinner on Sukkot and tried to excuse himself by claiming he was involved in another mitzvah and then a mace mitzvah couldn't stop feeling like a mourner as he sat alone in the Sukkah the rest of the night. All right, now we go to our four-block back Chazara. Davchafalov. So the similar Davchafalov is a car pronounced Ka by people from Boston. So here goes. The kids in the Ka, Ka, that must be one Davchafalov. The kids in the Ka taking a tour through the Tower Safari Park who were on the lookout for naturally formed ohels, burrowed by weasels, which reminds Rebuta learns that ko ohel, she'ena asubide adam, ain't ohel. Any ohel that's not made by man is not an ohel with regard to tumah from a gazer shava, based on the word ohel, just as the ohel in the case of the Mishkan refers to an ohel made by man, so to here in the case of tumah, the term ohel refers to a shelter made by man. The Rabbanan dispute Rebuta and rule that even a naturally formed ohel, such as one burrowed by a weasel, transmit tumah, they learn it from the repetitive expressions of ohel, ohel, written in the context of tumah, that it comes to include the law of tumah, even by naturally formed ohel. So the kids in the Ka taking a tour through the Tahor Safari Park, who were on the lookout for naturally formed ohels, burrowed by weasels, were astonished when they saw wide-bellied oxen carrying children down to a stream, which reminds us that more questions whether Rabbi Yehuda indeed holds that ko'ohel she'en osubide adam e'en o'ohel, citing a mission from Par about the children raised in purity, so they eventually could draw water for the ikon involved in the paraduma. The Tanakhama holds they rode on top of doors that were on top of oxen as they went down to the stream so they could not become tamim, and Rabbi said, They would not bring down doors, but rather wide-bellied oxen. It was these oxen that shielded the children from any tumors. We see from here that Rebuta rules that the naturally formed ohel by the oxen's back constitutes an ohel. When Rav Dimi came from Eretz Israel, he said in the Mimur Mod Rav Yehuda Kamoya Egrov. Rav Yehuda agrees in the case of a naturally formed ohel that is large as a fist that it is deemed an ohel. So the kids in the Ka taking a tour through the Tahor Safari Park who were on the lookout for naturally formed ohels burled by weasels were astonished when they saw wide-bellied oxen carrying children down to a stream being led by two Tamil Chachamim Involved in casual, which reminds the Gemara asks Menayin Shafil Sichas Tamle Chachamim Srichalimud. From where we know that even the casual conversation of Tamle Chachamim requires study, for it is stated Va'alehu Lo Yibo, and whose leaves do not wither. Leaves are the lightest part of the tree, representing a Tamle Chachamim's casual speech, and they do not wither but endure. Dav Chabes. So the similar Dav Chabes is a cab. So here goes. When the cab, cab, that must mean Dav Chabes. When the cab crashed into the Sukkum Duvlelis with the staggered schach, which reminds us, the next mission states, Sukkum Duvlelis v'shesilas maruba mechamasa kasher sukkah. That is, Muduvlelis and whose shade exceeds its light, is kosher. Rav said that it's a sukkah aniyah. It means a meager sukkah, one that's covered with a thin layer of schach with many gaps between the various reeds, but no gap is three tvachim wide. Shmuel said the mission refers to a sukkah whose schach is arranged so that one reed is up and one reed is down. And because of this arrangement, the sukkah is more sunlit than shaded. The mission is coming to teach that the sukkah is nonetheless kosher since the sukkah would be more shaded than sunlit if all the schach were on the same level. So when the cab crashed into the sukkah of Muduvrelis with the staggered schach, the upper reeds that were a tefach thick collapsed in between the lower reeds, which reminds us, regarding Shmuel's understanding that the sukkah of Muduvrelis is a sukkah with staggered schach, 
Abai said that the sukkah is only kosher when there isn't a gap of three tvachim between the upper and lower schach. But if there's a gap of three tvachim, the sukkah is puzzle, for the two levels of schach cannot be viewed as joined together. Rava said that three tvachim open space is kosher if the reeds of the upper level are tefach wide, the amrin chaburami. For then we say lower and cast the upper reed upon the space below. Rava asserts that the chabur only applies if the covering is at least a tefach wide, in which case the covering is wide enough to constitute an ol in its own right. So when the cab crashed into the sukkah muduvrelis with the staggered schach, the upper reeds that were a tefach thick collapsed in between the lower reeds, making the sukkah dark like a house. Which reminds us that the Mishnah stated, that is thickly covered like a house, even though the stars cannot be seen from inside it, is kosher, but it was taught in a brisa. If the schach is so thick that even the rays of the sun cannot be seen from inside the sukkah, Beishamai puzzles the sukkah and Beishil is makshir. Rashi explains that according to Beishamai, a sukkah with such thick schach is not like a sukkah at all. It's rather like a house, which is certainly puzzle for the mitzvah. So the similar chav is kugulach. So here goes. When the Kugelach Championship, Kugelach Championship, that must be one of Chav Gimel. When the Kugelach Championship taking place in the sukkah on the boat suddenly stopped when the sukkah blew away, which reminds the Gemara says the ton of the Mishnah that a sukkah on top of an agala or Sfina's kosher is Rabbi Kiva who argues with Rabbi Gamliel. A Bryce relates Rabbi Kiva built a sukkah on a ship and the next day it blew over and Rabbi Gamliel asked him rhetorically, Akiva, where's your sukkah now? Abai said that Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Kiva disagree where it's possible for the sukkah to withstand a usual land wind, but cannot withstand an unusual land wind, which Rashi says is the equivalent of a usual sea wind. Ramagamaliu holds sukkah's dearest kevabainan. A sukkah needs to be a fixed dwelling and must be able to withstand a normal sea wind. Rabbi holds that sukkah's dearest arribainan, and since it can withstand a normal land wind, it's kosher. So when the Kuglach Championship taking place in the sukkah on the boat suddenly stopped when the sukkah blew away, the kids were transporting sukkahs on top of camels, which reminds the Gemara Ark Duff says that the ton of the mission that states that a sukkah on top of a camel is kosher is Rabbi Meir, who argues with Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds that we derive from Chagas Sukkos Tatsel Choshivas Yamim, the festival sukkahs you shall make for yourself for seven days, sukkah Rui Goshiva Shema Sukkah, that a sukkah that is fit for use for all seven days is deemed a kosher sukkah. But if it cannot be used for all seven days, it is not deemed a sukkah. Since a sukkah on top of an animal may not be used on the first day of sukkahs, which is Yantav because of the Rabban against mounting an animal on Yantav, it's disqualified from the mitzvah altogether. Rabbi Meir holds the sukkah is fit with the rice for all seven days, and it's only the Rabban and the decreed against it. So when the Kulach championship taking place on the sukkah on the boat suddenly stopped when the sukkah blew away, the kids were transporting sukkahs on top of camels to a sukkah that had a dead animal held up by cords as one of its walls. Which reminds the Gemara brings a bryson which Rabbi Meir rules that a live animal may not be used as a sukkah wall. The Gemara asks what Rabbi Meir's reason is, and Abai said Shematamuz, and Rabbi Zerah said Shematibrach, maybe it'll run away. The Gemara asks according to Abai, what concern is there that the animal might die if it's held up by cords from above, preventing it from collapsing? The Gemara answers that there are times that one stands an animal so that its top reaches to less than three tefachim from the schach, in a sukkah that's only ten tefachim high, and once it dies, it shrinks slightly, so the top is three tefachim or more from the schach, and it will not be on his mind to repair the defective wall, since it's not noticeably defective. Daf Chavdalad, the symbol Chavdalad is a pitcher. So here goes. When the inflatable pitcher of air, pitcher, that must be on Daf Chavdalad. When the inflatable pitcher of air uses a sukkah wall, which reminds us on Daf Chav Gimel Amanal, a Bryce was brought, the Tadre Mer holds that a live animal may not be used as a sukkah wall. After Abai and Rabbi Zera's explanations for Rabbi Mer are disproved, the Gemara presents Rav Bar Yaakov's pshat. 
The Remero holds a kol mechitza, shomeres baruch, in a mechitza. Any mechitza that stands erect because of breath is not a kosher mechitza. Others say, the Ravachim Yaakov said the Remero holds any mechitza that's not made by man is not a mechitza. The nafkamina between the two is where he propped up a wall with a note to puach, an inflated wineskin. So when the inflatable pitcher of air uses a sukkah wall, popped when the cow with a get ridden all over it, bit into it, which reminds us that we learned Rabbi Yosef Gulli holds that one may not write a get on an animal. The Gemara explains that Rabbi Yosef Gulli learns from a kasavla, and one writes for her that one may write a get on any type of writing service, not just parchment. The word safer teaches that it must be written on something similar to a safer, not food or living things. The Gemara explains that the Rabban who argue with Rabbi Yosef Gulli and hold that one may write a get on an animal learn that the word safer teaches that a get should be a narration of words that convey that he's divorcing her. Rush explains that the word safer is not referring to the cloth, the writing surface, but rather the formula of severance that the husband is communicating within the get. Therefore, the Torah is not putting a limitation on any writing surface, and animals can be used as well. So when the inflatable picture of air uses a sukkah wall, popped when the cow with a get ridden all over it bit into it, it flew into the tree serving as walls for the neighbor's sukkah. Which reminds the next mission states, if one makes a sukkah among the trees, with the tree serving as walls for it, it's kosher. The more questions of Rav Acher Yaakov, who said that any mechitza that cannot withstand a normal wind is not a kosher mechitza. According to Rav Acher Yaakov, the sukkah that uses trees as walls should not be kosher since they sway to and fro from the wind. The Gemara defends Rav Akhar Yaakov's ruin, clarifying that the mission is discussing a case where the trunk is stiff and the branches do not sway because they are braided with palm branches and bay trees. It's still necessary for the mission to teach that trees may be used as sukkah walls, for one might have thought we should be goes to the trees should be possible as walls, lest one come to use the tree on Yantu. All right, that concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Avram Golden wishing you a great day and great learning.